Well, the usual way to try and attract the all-important young audience is to offer them something they might like. But a new series also targets where they are, and that often means looking at their phones. Maybe something more emotional, man, you know, mm. straight from the heart, man. Okay, Brian, we're going to teach you a Samoan song, and you're going to serenade her. Are you ready? No. Okay. So here's a new Instagram comedy series called I Got You, designed to be watched on your mobile phone. It's what they call a vertical show, the creation of brother and sister Stallone and Abaro's Waironga Ioasa. Until now, their company, Cadness Street, had been best known for popular, self-funded movies like Three Wise Cousins and Take Home Pay. So what drew them to the ultra-small screen? I asked Stallone to define a vertical show. For our particular show, we call it a vertical comedy. Um, I guess there's a, a term we coined. It's more just a case of uh, any vertical series. Uh, a vertical series is designed to be watched on your phone with your phone in sort of the vertical position as opposed to a, a portrait rather than landscape mode. Um, so it's, uh, you know, your normal show that you would, you would, I guess, a show that you would normally watch, uh, but in vertical mode. Uh, does this open up opportunities for you and also challenges the vertical show format? Yeah. Uh, I guess for the, our new series, I got you. We, we, I, I guess I was, uh, was part of the New Zealand on air sort of uh, request for proposals uh, targeting the youth, uh, youth market in New Zealand and trying to find a way to capture, you know, this audience, which is, uh, I guess, slowly pulling away from sort of legacy uh, broadcasters and programming. And so I thought, you know, do you sort of want to see something new, something that, that's not uh, obviously targeted at them or makes them feel like they're sort of the first uh, to, be, to be part of something? You know, uh, you can kind of see it in how Facebook took off. It was pretty much youth-orientated, and now they've sort of moved on to TikTok or Instagram and TikTok. And so I chose a vertical format only because it will be very novel. We'll have that, uh, it's, I guess, novel in this part of the world. Uh, in other parts of the world, like China, um, it's, it's, uh, it's its own format. It's uh, quite widely used, and it's very popular. Um, but and I guess uh, in terms of making a show for it, it was very challenging in that it's its own genre. Um, and watching it, something on your phone in a vertical space that uh, means the audiences are interpreting things differently. Uh, they might uh, forgive more things or uh, certain shots that would work in a normal landscape format just don't work in a vertical. So just, you know, a wide shot, sometimes you don't really need it. Uh, and sometimes just the, the framing of it doesn't work. So uh, creatively, uh, it was a creative challenge and it was something, one of the main reasons why I wanted to pursue it as well was to try something different, something new. And it definitely was challenging. Um, and I guess one of the other things when you get to watch the series is um, the use of split screen, which sometimes seems, uh, uh, what's the word, a bit cheesy in, in normal programming. But uh, in this vertical format, you'll find that just the way the eye travels, the way you can process information, um, it, it really works. And it, there's just a, an extra bit of punch, especially in a, in a comedy setting. You mentioned before TikTok. Have you taken lessons from TikTok for, um, for this show? Uh, I guess seeing what's popular in TikTok uh, and knowing that, you effectively have three seconds <laughs> to win over an audience before they sort of swipe away. 
And so uh, in terms of how we write it and produce and sh uh, the show, we know that those first three seconds needs to have a, a very significant hook. Um, and so it is quite daunting to know that, you know, whether someone watches your series or the episode comes down to that first sort of three, maybe five seconds if you're lucky. Um, but we, I also wanted to make sure that it wasn't a series that we shot on the phone. Uh, we shot it uh, just as we would our feature films, you know, on a proper camera, albeit the cameras uh, turned on its side to be in vertical mode. Um, and so we wanted to give it a strong production value so it would stand out from uh, your normal sort of uh, TikTok or content creator type videos. So when you, when you came across it, you feel like, oh, is this a show that I haven't seen before? You know, it's proper lighting, proper sound mix, uh, uh, you know, good acting, good script. So uh, we're using TikTok as sort of a, as a reference point, but we were still aiming to sort of stand out. Three seconds, goodness me. So can you describe the first three seconds of the first program of I Got You? So that must have been vitally important, a lot hinged on people not yeah. swiping. It sounds like a Tinder date, doesn't it? I'm not swiping yeah, away. Yeah. So it, you must have yeah. had a lot of discussion and thought about the first few seconds of I Got You. What scene have you created? Uh, so for our first episode, it's called I Got You, A Serenade. Uh, the premise of it is a, uh, a Pakeha man uh, has come to our lead character, Mac, who's giving out relationship advice. And he's um, wanting to know how to win over an island girl. So in that first three seconds, uh, you have our lead actor sort of singing uh, her own take on a popular song, and then he walks in. So within those first three seconds, we're trying to make an audience think, oh, hang on, why is this uh, Pakeha guy uh, showed up at this island girl's house? You know, just that, that visual um, is different. Uh, and he basically says, oh, are you, the, are you the, um, the one that helps set people up? So pretty much in the first three seconds, we see a contrast of, you know, ethnicities and uh, stating the premise right off the bat. You know, uh, are you the person who can help me get a date? Well, tell us more, tell us more about the, the story. You've got me hooked. I'm not swiping anywhere, Stone. <laughs> so what's, what's the story that you're telling? So uh, I Got You, uh, our vertical comedy series. It's about... Uh, uh, 24-year-old Samoan uh, woman who is looking to make some extra money. And so she decides, uh, what sort of side hustle can I create without any capital? And she thinks, oh, you know what? I can give out relationship advice to people, even though she's never been in a relationship herself. So every episode in the series, uh, it's a new cl client that comes along with a very unique, uh, I guess, problem or uh, request that they have. So in our first one, uh, Mac, our lead character, helps this Pakeha man come up with a uh, an island song, you know, uh, an original island song that he can use to serenade an island girl with. Um, and in other episodes, we have um, a couple, uh, a man come along who who wants to get a prenup, even though he doesn't know what a prenup is. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so it's uh, all these very uh, unique. Uh, try to to find something new within the sort of the rom com genre. And knowing that it's a very short, sharp, each episode is uh, at most four minutes, but each of those four minutes are broken up into four one-minute parts because that's the limit on, on Instagram and TikTok uh, for episodes. It's one minute. So uh, the goal of each part is uh, to hook the viewer in, keep them there for a minute, um, and then make sure that when they swipe, they're actually swiping to the next part. So uh, we felt when we were putting this together that people are more likely to watch four one-minute episodes than a one four-minute episode. It's a huge departure for you, Stallone, in, in terms of the fact that you are 
you know, a, such a beautiful feature film make it, you know, where you've got an hour and a half to tell a story. But yes. are you learning, <laughs> for, when, you, when you get back into your feature films, which I'm sure you will, are you learning any skills, do you think, from being involved with this vertical show and these one-minute episodes that will stand you in good stead as a feature filmmaker? Uh, I think, yes, especially in the writing process. I think sometimes when you are writing for this very short, very brief uh, episode, uh, episodic sort of series, um, you feel, oh, it's very easy to write. You don't have to write much. But if anything, I found it probably more challenging trying to fit an entire narrative arc into uh, four minutes and that each episode within, uh, that's one minute long or each part, sorry, of an episode needs its own arc and needs to have a hook, pretty much the same structure as you would for online, um, you know, normal television. You know, before the ad break, you need to have that hook there to bring them back from the ad break. Um, so uh, I think if anything, it's really helped sharpen my writing. Uh, I have to say it was very challenging. Uh, you know, the, I really missed the luxury of feature film where you could really explore and have the luxury of time and, um, and different characters. Whereas uh, with this one, it was a real case of every, you know, every four seconds needs to be a punchline or some sort of hook or visual hook. Um, so if anything, uh, going into the next feature film, uh, I would say my skills are a lot more sharpened, especially in terms of uh, in a comedy sense. And I think more importantly, um, because the audience is constantly evolving, especially in the, in the sort of streaming age, um, it's a good way to keep in touch with what's working with an audience. Um, so as opposed to making an entire feature film and then realizing, oh, I was off the mark. <laughs> I mean, you, you mentioned before high production value is very important to you, having a great storyline, um, a well-written script, you know, in these, in these one-minute chunks, but also your actors have to be on the money. So tell me about Sieni, I think Bubba, to her friends. Yeah. So yes. Uh, so Baba, uh, so well-known uh, upcoming comedian, who was in our um, a previous feature film called Mama's Music Box. Uh, Mama's Music Box was made as a part of a, a feature thirty challenge that we set for ourselves, which was to make a, an entire feature film from scratch right through to um, sort of final cut. Um, that was sort of a response to the first part of the the COVID nineteen lockdown, where there were no films in the cinema, and we thought, oh, you know, could we get a film? you know, done in a month and just put into the cinema. And so we managed to be successful in that challenge. And it's where we met Bubba, uh, who was an amazing talent, uh, amazing comedic talent as well. And so uh, Bubba was also one of the, uh, was a part of the writing team uh, for I Got You. So uh, Bubba and myself, we worked on these episodes and yeah, it was definitely a challenge, you know, trying to get these eight, 10 page scripts down to four pages. Uh, <laughs> but she uh, brings a very unique character uh, to to these episodes and I think it's like uh, she had to really find a character that would uh, work for the audience you know or what kind of character will work to grab a youth audience that's not going to swipe away after six seconds and you've got to get the language right not only a, a story and you know that's going to hook mm. them in but it's a very savvy audience and you know writers mm. for this audience also know if you get the language wrong and heaven knows it's an evolving mm -hmm. thing um, then you can you can lose them if it's not authentic yeah yeah and that's yeah that was definitely what, um, what Bubba brought was that authenticity um I think she's much closer to the target audience than I am <laughs> so as much as I can bring some sort of narrative structure I was always referring to her in terms of is this what they say <laughs> is this or because a lot of my <laughs> my uh, uh terminology is probably outdated by 10 to 20 years now um so it that's was a lifetime man isn't it that's yeah, a I lifetime know, for and a especially writer. in the internet age 
that uh, yeah making references to things that no one will even know um <laughs> and you go yeah no that reference doesn't uh, belong to our target audience so um yeah language is really important and in finding the right language that fits you know uh when we're in the editing process you know we were cutting half seconds here and there as much as possible uh to try and get it under that one minute uh, limit per part um so yeah a lot of yeah a lot more script writing than i expected uh was required just to really uh, refine refine each episode you've got funding for this so are the number of eyeballs who watch the show important to you and and i mean how do you monitor you mentioned before the swiping i don't even know how you get a note of that but i mean are you keeping an eye and what what's been the response so far to it yeah so uh we've just released uh four episodes yeah um, so we released two to a week across uh instagram sort of our primary platform and then also on facebook and tiktok and uh youtube will come later on and i guess the way this uh the response has been amazing i think it's really has exceeded our expectations uh we were really nervous in terms of you know have we have we hit the right tone have we hit the right audience at the right time and there's a whole another sort of a, a body of uh things to consider just in simple distribution you know the time you post up on social media has a big effect on how it sort of rolls out you know posting it at nine o'clock uh, during the day is very different from sort of nine o'clock at night where the most of the target audience might be online and more uh ready to share uh and to 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 to, to, to i guess a comment um but the, um, uh, i think in our first episode uh we've got around about about fifty thousand views um uh, for our first episode and and each of them uh are starting to to build i think i think even one particular part that went viral where we have the pakia man singing the simon song uh, that's got over a hundred thousand views um so it's a very different way to to measure but uh in terms of the audience uh, i think yeah we've been quite successful in sort of achieving our goals and uh making something that really did uh, connect with our audience um, so I think it's, um, it's done really well. And I think with the sort of on using online social media as a, as a broadcast platform, um, it, it can have more than one life cycle. Uh, it's not just a case of, uh, going, uh, going out, see how it does that week. And then that's the number for life. No, if anything, it can have, well, what we're anticipating is that once all the episodes are out, all 12 of them, um, we can do another big push to find uh, a, a new audience or people who haven't seen it uh, and then they'll, they'll find they can come in and sort of binge the entire series and that will be you know 48 minutes sort of the equivalent of watching uh, a normal episode yeah it's a different way of thinking about binging isn't it <laughs> as opposed mm, yes. to an entire <laughs> series of something on netflix mm. feature films clearly really dear to your heart and you've had great success with them stallone are you are you coming back to them you know do you have a project on the board you can talk about um yeah i think uh after this one yeah i think we were definitely looking at making another feature film either by end of year or enough to or in time for a release next year uh, we have a couple of projects i think after this one we really wanted to sort of step back and see where the audience especially our pacific audience is located uh you know are they feeling more for comedy is it more drama um and keeping an eye on something as simple as you know are the cinemas open uh especially in this COVID times you know we thought oh this time last year we we're like oh yep are we all done and clear uh but no, as everyone knows that's not the case so it's uh, it's i think if one thing i've learned 
over my short career thus far is it's not just about making a good film, but it's making the right film at the right time uh, in terms of finding that audience. Uh, so, but yeah, definitely uh, another feature film, either working towards the end of this year or beginning of next year. Well, there's a, there's a lot of love for you coming um, coming through. What's it like working with your sister, Abba Rose? You know, working with a sibling, you have all the understanding, you know, you know each other really well, can also be a total nightmare. I, I get the sense that the two of you work together really well. Uh, yes, I think we complement, uh, our skill sets complement each other really well. Uh, and yeah, it, it just works. I think it's, it's, and I really respect her opinion in terms of uh, the creative. Uh, you know, she can give a, a, an outsider's perspective. You know, sometimes when you're caught in looking through the eyes of your character and your story, it, uh, it's, it's hard to step back and take an, an audience's perspective. And that's what she brings in terms, and also in terms of just having a really refined production. Uh, you know, you might have an amazing script, but it's the execution on the day. And she does an amazing job of just pulling everything together, especially if I got you. Uh, you know, if trying to film, as any producer uh, currently working right now will tell you, filming through the COVID, is, is, it's really difficult. Um, trying to work in bubbles and keeping everyone safe. Um, so, she, yeah, and I think she's done an amazing job. Uh, uh, and I think when we come to our next feature film, we'll find that a lot easier. <laughs> now, she started out in chemical engineering. That's quite the pivot, yes. isn't it? Into mm. writing and comedy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think she'll be the first to say to anyone considering a career in screen, um, don't quit your day job. <laughs> you know, if you want financial instability and uh, and, and and then come come into screen. Uh, but I think once uh, one thing she does love about the screen is just the idea of a, a project, and I think that's the big skill set she brought from engineering, uh, working on sort of big projects uh, there as a chemical engineer. Uh, She's just, you know, knowing, uh, thinking like an engineer, much more efficient. Uh, she, so she's, she's definitely the, uh, uh, the numbers person and, uh, and um, she knows when to, to pull an artist into line. Stallone, you, you're a leader in the Pacific creative community. It's a, it's a vibrant, full-on community at the moment. I get a sense of a real momentum. But, I mean, do you feel that sense of responsibility? Yes, yeah, I think I, I think it's uh, I'm in a position where I can make a significant where representation. Oh, I can make a, a, a significant contribution, a contribution in terms of representation, uh, and it is really important. I think we've seen the response to our films in person. You know, we've pushed our films out, self-distributed them, and so we've been in the cinemas with our audience and uh, have talking to them afterwards. You know. It, Sometimes it's very easy to take for granted how important these films are. You know, it's a lot more than just box office numbers, but, you know, there's something that the people watch over and over and to be able to see themselves and see themselves positively. I think it's really important to be able to see uh, stories that are important to them be on the silver screen. You know, it's still treated as a very, as a medium of prestige. And so if they see their, their stories on that screen, that means their stories are important. Um, and uh, I think there are a lot more stories out there. And as uh, I guess for Abba Rose and myself, uh, uh, we joined together with our three other our filmmaker friends, um, Jerry, uh, Jeremiah Tolomiti, Leo, and Nikki Sulepa, uh, to create the Pacific Island Screen Artists, an incorporated society to help Pacific artists and to have a, a voice, a Pacific voice at the industry level. So that's been uh, one of the things 
uh, I think coming up to two years now, uh, PISA has been around. And so that's sort of our contribution as well in terms of helping Pacific stories get out there, but also uh, providing opportunities for Pacific artists. And I think it's, it's, it's about enriching the New Zealand screen industry. I think it's uh, the more voices that are in there, the more stories. And I just think it helps uh, sharpen everyone's skills and narrative. You've achieved so much through, as you mentioned, self-distributing and self-funding your previous films, which were, you know, much loved, great, great movies. Are you aiming for funding next time? I mean, you've shown what you can do you know, <laughs> with your own funding, which is remarkable. But having been funded for I Got You Now, is the next stage for you, do you feel, having funding um, that would allow you to go to the next level? Or do you like having the total control and self-funding? and total control of your projects? Uh, I think, yes, having, I mean, funding, you know, have, I think I Got You was our first ever funded project. It was sort of the first time we sort of applied and been successful in getting funding. And so, funnily enough, it didn't feel much different. <laughs> if anything, we maybe had, maybe had a nicer lunch. Um, but uh, it was also, I think, if anything, the large cast for I Got You, I think there's, effectively three four four people per episode um so we were able to find a lot of new talent uh but in terms of funding i think that would be that's a goal to get uh feature film funding uh and i think if anything i'm thankful i'll be thankful that if it does happen down the line that we'll be able to bring a lot more knowledge and experience to it uh we will be able to make that whatever that budget amount is go much further than we would have been able to if this was our our debut film uh, and in terms of distribution and understanding of the audience, it means we're making a film that is razor sharp in terms of its focus. Um, in terms of moving a career along, uh, I really do want to see New Zealand films succeed within New Zealand. I think that's one of my personal goals in terms of making, seeing New Zealand films and New Zealand cinemas a habit. You know, I would love for New Zealand film, uh, film goers to be our film, watching New Zealand films at New Zealand cinemas to be a habit in the same way that uh, Bollywood films are uh, or how, in, how India treats their films. It's part and part, part of their culture. And I think for me, in order to make Pacific stories work commercially, uh, it needs a much broader audience than the Pacific population can provide at the moment. So it needs to go beyond its Pacific audience. But right now, uh, your sort of mainstream New Zealand audience um, does not see enough films, enough New Zealand films. So I think for me, that's one of my goals as well, to find, you know, what is it that we can make that just brings the New Zealand audience to cinemas uh, consistently. Stallone via Onga Ioasa, co-creator of the vertical comedy I Got To You, currently available to be watched on your phone via Facebook and Instagram or on RNZ's new youth-focused platform, tahi.com.